Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Holy shit, Grace. Did something happen today? Nothing. Literally, we have no news. That's the show. Bye. Bye. You guys, it's been so great. <laughs> oh, we got a lot to talk about today, but yeah. I do want to let everybody know we didn't mention it on yesterday's show, but I do want to mention that Sunday's episode of This Week on Broadway featured a review from Peter Felicia on, believe it or not, Nutty Professor the Musical. Yes. Yeah, which is playing out of town, I think at the Algonquit, right? It's at the Algonquit Playhouse. Um, It's happening. Yes, exactly. In Maine. Uh, I've been watching all their little clips because I follow Algonquit. I I adore them. They're a great theater. And um, also Marvin Hamlish songs. Did not know. Yeah, this is the last score that Marvin Hamlish wrote when he was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, Rupert Holmes, the, the great iconic pop and musical theater writer, Rupert Holmes, um, is also a member of the writing team. We're hoping to have him for an interview on This Week in Theater coming up sometime this month. Um, but, you know, so just a, a great, this is a show that's been long in the works. At one point, Jerry Lewis, the original Nutty mm-hmm. Professor, directed a production of it. Uh, and, but anyway, great episode. Check that out. We will have that in the uh, uh, in all of the, the different feeds. And, of course, you can hear that in all Broadway Radio episodes before you can hear them anywhere else. If you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Can I subtle plug something? Yes, Because please. you said that. Marvin Hamlish's album Uncovered features two of the songs from The Nutty Professor that because the, the show's never been recorded. Like, you, that's where you can listen to it, which is famously through Broadway Records. So... If you What's the name hear of the album? Hamlish Uncovered. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's it's one of the last things. And so um, I just, I didn't realize that. And then Robbie told me today, he was like, that's the only place you can listen to the Nutty Professor album. So if you want to hear some of the music before you go see the show, check it out. Absolutely. All right. Plugs aside. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's plug in. Okay. <laughs> All Don't right, tell so- me. Oh, I thought this was, I thought we were going to sing. I'm so oh. sorry. That's what so awkward. Saying? What do you want to say? Well, I thought you we were doing sing. Don't Rain on My Parade, but it's it's totally oh, fine. Do your intro. You're so good at this. Not to live, just just sit in okay. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So this is something that we've all known was happening for a long time. This was not a secret. In fact, uh, Gawker broke the news last Thursday. Ashley and I discussed it in a breaking news segment on Fridays this week on Broadway. But it has been pretty messy over at Funny Girl. It started on Sunday evening when Beanie Feldstein posted an Instagram message saying, Saying that due to the changing direction of the current Broadway revival, she would be leaving the production essentially what, six weeks early or whatever it is. Uh, she would be departing the show on July 31st. And everybody and their mom had somebody to say something to say about this. A lot of it not very good, which we will get into. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it also had to do with the announcement that we knew was coming on Monday. And that is the fact that erstwhile uh, Rachel Berry, Leah Michelle, is officially returning to Broadway in her dream role, in a role that she played in the TV show Glee. She will be playing Fanny Bryce on Broadway beginning on September 6th. What's interesting is is that her Glee co-star, Jane Lynch, was supposed to run into late September as Mrs. Bryce, Fanny's mom. She will now be exiting the production early on September 4th, I guess, not to have the the Glee reunion. And the great Tova Feldshu, who has been my guest here on Broadway Radio multiple times, will step into that role alongside Leah on September 6th. There has been a lot of discourse around this, Grace, so I want to give people a little bit of a catch-up and 
I said this on Twitter because I am not as aggressively online as I probably once was, especially when I was partially managing the Broadway world uh, message boards. Thankfully, I don't do that anymore. Oh, my gosh. You used to do that. Oh, yeah. That's part of my job. Uh, me, and, me and me and Alan Henry and, and Rob Diamond were the ones keeping that thing <laughs> as uncluttered as humanly possible. To be but a was, fly on that wall. Wow. Oh, it was it was it was a mess. But anyway, um, you and Ashley have kind of been keeping me abreast of some of the ugliness that has been going on around Beanie's tenure as Fanny. We obviously knew that there was you know some legitimate and some not so legitimate criticism of her performance when the reviews came out. Legitimate criticism of a performer on Broadway is completely acceptable. In fact, it is expected and it's a vital part of the industry. However, as I noted when I read the reviews on the review recap episode, some of them seem to be a little bit personal and unnecessary and apparently that spiraled out of control on social media especially on tiktok and twitter where things got increasingly toxic something that i did not realize firsthand until i was told about it uh apparently and this is just me reading between the lines of beanie's post that has has kind of taken its toll on her and perhaps whether or not the production did enough to protect her and or defend her from that also seems to have created some sort of rift between her and the show leading to her leaving early i don't know how much drama is there but it certainly reads like a fairly cut and dry this happened then this happened then this happened um i want to get into the whole leah michelle of it all uh, here in a second but you have kind of given me the background on some of the ugliness that beanie has had to deal with online for people who aren't traveling in those specific social media circles, what can you tell us about what she's had to deal with throughout this process? Um, I can tell you from a person that is on every single platform, constantly, yeah. you know, evaluating the the, scape, uh, the scope of theater and, and, and seeing whatever it was. It's my job. But also, I like that's how I stay attuned and stay, you know, invested for our listeners as well. Like, I try to give like a really, you know, a, a broad perspective of what's going on. And it has been so increasingly, shockingly toxic. I don't think I've ever seen this level of cruelty uh, put on a performer that did not do something bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like she did not... Yeah hurt anyone she didn't, she didn't she didn't exactly um these are all very hateful criticisms from every uh you know from the time that someone released an unauthorized um voice recording from one of her first performances because people do that and they share it around yeah. and they're like look at how awful she sounds da, 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 da. i mean those are again not my words um but it was it was just so shocking to me that people that pretend or, or at least say that they love women and they love the community and they just love these divas would tear someone down in this way. I don't care how you mm. feel about the performance. This wasn't a critique. The way people were talking about this was absolutely mean. And I don't ever like that. You know me. I try to be yeah. like, well, that's what I, yeah. I've been saying that for, I mean, basically every time there is anything theater related i talk i end up talking about how like nasty people are on social media whether it's the tony awards or a live tv musical or dear urban hansen the movie like I, it's just it, it 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 frustrates me and maddens me and saddens me that this community that uh, with one hand will pat itself on the back for being accepting and and loving and and diverse and open but then with the other hand stabbing people in the back that they don't 
think fit into what their vision of a Broadway performer or somebody to play a certain role or they just don't like uh, it, it. It really is frustrating and it, it seems to have gotten worse over the past year or two, maybe because of the pandemic. I don't know. Uh, but it goes back to things like smash with hate watching, hate watching and, you know, um, Peter Pan live, all those things like this is not new, but it seems to have certainly have intensified. Yeah. And so my heart breaks for it. But I, I gen- genuinely like as, as horrifying as, as it is. I hope that like the community has seen this and recognized it and squashes it the next time something like this happens. I hope it never happens again. Um, but this is, I, I feel it like will. it's the first time it's happened to this level of a performer that is not in question of doing something wrong, uh, right. in question of hurting someone. It's just generally like a lot of fat phobic, a lot of like really hateful rhetoric. And, um, it breaks my heart to see in the, in the theater community that is so, uh, it's supposedly so interesting of, of change and also like kindness and, and love and support. I mean, this whole week, you know, it, it's just been, it's been kookaluku and, um, yeah. I hate to see well, that, but I'm, I'm glad that she was, uh, kind and transparent and is, uh, you know, put something out there when right before the announcement that happened today, um, on her social media. So you can go take a look at that, um, if you want. Yeah, and what's interesting is that we've talked so much about how the the community and the industry needs to change. This is mostly coming from perhaps people in the industry, but I mean fans. This isn't we're not saying that like the Broadway League was posting toxic things about her. And that's where it gets a little complicated is because we want the industry to be more inclusive and all of those things. But when a lot of these issues are coming from quote unquote fans and especially younger fans as it is increasingly on social media and TikTok, like that's a completely different problem. And probably an even, I don't know if one's more important than the other, but also a problem that needs to be addressed. But speaking of problems, Leah Michelle is now going to be playing Fanny Bryce on Broadway. And Leah Michelle has a litany of pretty cruel public accusations against her in which she has been noted for being increasingly toxic uh, as a co-worker, um, being even potentially racist to cast members both on stage and screen. There is a published report that Leah Michelle threatened to, and this is a quote, shit in somebody's wig uh, on the ca- uh, on the set of Glee. I've said this before, and I don't know if I've cut it out of episodes. I feel like I have cut it out of episodes, but I might, I might have brought it back. I don't know. But I'm all for second chances. We all deserve second chances. I would not be here if it wasn't for second, third, and fourth chances. But to get those second, third, and fourth chances, you need to show some remorse. You need to do some sort of act of attrition. You need to make sure that you are... Making things up to the people, either individually or collectively, uh, that you have hurt and and learning from those experiences and becoming a better person. I hope that Leah Michelle has done that. I don't know if she has. Um, we know that she has gone on the Reputation Resurrection Tour of all of these galas throughout the course of the spring, especially uh, tied to... Uh, the promotion of the Spring Awakening documentary. I think it would have behooved her long ago to do some sort of sit-down interview with some sort of journalist, print, TV, internet, I don't know, to talk about these accusations. Um, she has not done that, which which makes me fairly hesitant to think that there has been some sort of true change in her. I don't know. I, I, she's now a mother. Perhaps that has has changed things as well. So I hope that she is a different person and a different co-worker than she was when all of these things seemingly happened or allegedly happened. Um, 
it, it just makes me very uncomfortable that somebody who has this in their background is replacing a uh, a a a plus size queer woman who has been essentially bullied throughout the course of her time playing this role. It is, and and um, it's such a it's such a valid, useful, nuanced conversation that we we could take the whole show to do. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I agree with you. At the end of the day, I just want everyone um, in the back of the house, all the way to her coworkers that are on stage with her, to feel respected and um, loved. And so time will Safe. tell because because yeah. let me tell you, we're in a different age. And we will find out, um, you know, this isn't the same where people like five years ago where people would, you know, keep their mouth shut if they were experiencing it. I mean, we still we still are like that in many cases. Yeah. But um, I'm I am truly hopeful for the same thing. Uh, yeah, because this was someone uh, that I grew up worshiping. I bought her first album louder. I called out of uh, the like a rehearsal one time so that I could see her first um Tele- daytime television performance of a song uh-huh. from Louder. I'm not joking. Like this, this woman was um, so She's incredibly important talented. to me. Yeah, yeah. and um, so I'm I'm hopeful because I don't I don't want to support uh, anything that's not worth supporting. And I'm I'm excited about the future for the rest of the show because I want to say this: Julie Benko will be going on for two performances yes. a week while Leah Michelle's doing this, and Julie has done nothing but. Um, uh, please and all audiences uh, with her Fanny Bryce. So I am so congratulatory for her as well. Yeah, and she will be playing Fanny from August 2nd through September 4th. So that is important to know. If you want to see Julie Benko, you have an entire month to do that even before she takes over as the alternate once Leah steps in full time. All right, let's get into the other news. This is something, Grace, that you and I talked about last week that we assumed would happen soon. Kind of surprised it hadn't happened already. But Paradise Square announced that it would be wrapping up its Broadway run this weekend, Sunday, July 17th. It has struggled at the box office from day one. And despite uh, Joaquin Nicola Congo's Tony win, it did not do nearly as much to bump up ticket sales as they would hope. So it will be closing up shop with just a week's notice, but it is very disappointing for a huge company that uh, has put in a lot of work over the years and uh, always sorry to see shows close up as uh, prematurely as they would like this to be. But in other news, we did get information about a new show coming to Broadway this fall, and it is Jordan E. Cooper's Ain't No Mo, which previously played at the Public Theater to rave reviews. Uh, the show uh, is being produced by the one and only Lee Daniels, as well as Brian Anthony Moreland, and it will be coming to the Belasco Theater on November 3rd, ahead of an, uh, an opening on December 1st. Um, Excited to see this. I love anything yeah. coming from the public, having the opportunity to come to Broadway, but especially with more uh, creators of color backed by producers of color. I've often talked about getting black creators is super important. Getting black actors on stage is super important. But if you really want to impact change on Broadway, you have to have the decision makers and the people with the purse, bring, purse strings being diverse first. And that comes with producers. So very excited about this opportunity for all of these folks. Also, the playwright, can I say this, is 27 years old. Like, Uh, this is, yeah, like, uh, you know, with POTUS. Between that and POTUS and Six, insane. 
I feel old as hell now. Where's my gig? Um, but like, it makes me so happy because mm-hmm. we, it's been a very long time, Matt. And I think that you can attest to this that we are, um, having the, the old brain of like, let's take a chance. Let's take a chance. I mean, this was, this was obviously something that was, um, heavily, you know, critically acclaimed at the public. So it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. totally a chance, but it's still, people still like freak out about the gamble of quote, a young person's piece. And, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that the trickle down of things like this, um, for other writers of color, for other younger playwrights as well is, uh, is there. So I just wanted to note that because it's exciting and I can't wait to see the show in my favorite theater on Broadway. Oh, I didn't know that's your favorite theater. That's Fine. my favorite theater. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, real quick, uh, I didn't get the opportunity to talk about Richard the Third reviews from Shakespeare in the Park on yesterday's episode slash uh, Sunday night's uh, review recap episode because they hadn't really fully come out. But I do want to mention them just in real quick passing. As I've mentioned on the show uh, on Monday, the show is only running through this Sunday. They had to push back opening because of COVID. Um, So I do want to get these out there. But if you want to go get in line now, because it might be tough to get tickets, uh, the show is led by the legendary playwright slash actress slash MCU superhero Denai Guerrera. Pretty exciting. Robert O'Hara is directing this one. Jesse Green of the New York Times said of the show, quote, these coherently interpreted characters do not add up to a coherent interpretation of the play, which wobbles between shouty polemics and a kind of Tudor snark. It may be that Richard III is in that sense uninterpretable. Written to flatter Shakespeare's royal sponsors who are descendants of the victorious Richmond, its brilliance has always borne the sour odor of propaganda. That sourness is not sweetened by the fact that, to modern noses, the good guys smell a lot like the bad ones. If history plays cannot untangle for us what history itself leaves a they should at least help us figure out why. And then finally, I just want to do one more of them. This one comes from Elisa Gardner from the New York Sun. She said, quote, yes, Miss Guerrera is female and black, but neither of those factors should seem particularly surprising, given the exponential rate at which diversity in casting has picked up in recent years. What's most striking about this, Richard, is the extraordinary grace and poise. Investing the character with perfect posture and the powerful, fluid movements of a dancer, Miss Guerrera offers a sharp contrast to the rudely stamped hunchback that Shakespeare presented in a portrait marked by other historical inaccuracies, likely motivated by the politics of his day. That's really fascinating, because like the first thing you think about when you hear Richard III is the hunchback. And uh, to hear that Denai is bringing a different physicality to that role is a is a pretty interesting uh, nuance that I hadn't really heard about before. So if you get a chance to see it, let us know what you think. I'm obviously not going to get a chance to see it, and I don't know if you plan on standing outside in line, Grace, but uh, anything Denai does, I'm going to want to see it, whether I'm in Same. town or not. Yeah, exactly. No, her work's incredible. So this is very exciting. Uh, Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. I had not heard those. (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, on yesterday's show, uh, Ashley and I discussed the fact that the upcoming Griswold's Broadway vacation had had its run at Houston's Theater Under the Stars canceled because of budget uh, increases that would not allow the Houston Theater to be a part of that production. It already had a second out-of-town tryout planned running at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater from September 10th through October 2nd. And on Monday, we found out the cast of the company that will be leading that. And it's one that I'm actually really excited about. I feel like, Grace, have you and I talked about Kate Rockwell playing teenagers well into her mid to late 30s before? I feel like I have with somebody. I don't remember if it was you or Ashley, though. Oh, it's me. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I love 
Kate Rockwell, I've said many, many times on Broadway Radio that her Broadway record solo album is album. one of my favorite. It's so good. It is one of my favorites. It's so good. Um, but she will be playing um, Ellen Griswold, the role originally created by Beverly D'Angelo on, on film. Interestingly enough, both Kate and Beverly, Ohio natives, love that. Um, she will be starring opposite Hunter Foster as Clark Griswold, the role created by Chevy Chase on screen. Uh, the show will have its out-of-town tryout beginning in September. We have the entire company uh, listed in the uh, in the show notes, but it will include a number of, of other familiar names names including uh hunter foster's wife jen cody who is in the <gasps> ensemble uh yes jay clates is playing cousin eddie livy marcus is playing audrey the daughter nathan levy is playing rusty the son alan green is playing naked commando i don't know what that alan means alan h green if you're nasty alan h green yes uh alan's awesome um some other folks julian de guzman is in there jennifer noble um as i'm going through garrett hall uh Lindsay oh a Nicole lot of news that's a yeah, couple newsies, newsies guys yep uh lindsey nicole chambers who uh I'm a, I'm a big fan of is in there as well um so looking forward to hear what happens with this one love me some kate rockwell happy that she's finally getting to play an adult even if there is a more than a dozen year age difference between her and hunter but um nonetheless she's playing an adult which is always a good thing for somebody who is let her to, let her do yeah. it you know like let yeah, let, her, her. <laughs> let her let that happen like you know it's just such a trip like you said you know to always have like the older guy and then like the younger yeah. woman and that somehow always makes sense but i want to say this like we all i don't know what it is and maybe i'm silly but hunter foster to me is one of like the most important like he directs he writes he stars oh. He is everything, and I want him to always get his due. So can we just, like, hype this up? <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you a question, because you were living in Dalton yeah. at the time. Did you make your way out to Lawrenceville um, to see his show, Clyde and Bonnie, A Folk Tale, um, no. when it had its world premiere at the Aurora Theater? I did. It was amazing. It happened, like, almost at the same time that Bonnie and Clyde was coming to Broadway. So I think that kind of stopped it from happening. But it was... Oh. It was incredible. It was one of my favorite shows I saw when I lived in Atlanta, which I did for like five, six years. So mm -hmm. uh, Clyde and Bonnie, a folk tale, I think is what it's called. Uh, he co-wrote it. He wrote the lyrics in the book, I think. Um, but amazing. Anyway, all right, real quick news. Um, in a, in a Deadline episode by Baz Bombaboy, he mainly spends the first part of the article talking about the DeLorean from Back to the Future and how expensive and cool it is. That's all great, so read that. But he dropped some tea in here that I haven't heard reported anywhere else. We already know that Back to the Future is coming to Broadway. They've announced Broadway intentions. But he did some reporting on the fact that when the show comes to Broadway, it will have a new star in the role of Marty McFly. I the way he words it, I almost feel like it might be an equity issue. But Ollie Dobson, who is currently playing uh, Marty McFly and who originated the role, is being replaced uh, on Broadway or on, in the West End here soon. But he will not be transferring. Neither of the London Marty McFly's will be transferring with the show. Um, so I don't know if that's an equity thing or not. However, Roger Bart, famously American, um, also uh, did a, pro probably overlapped with Hunter Foster and the producers at some point because um, they both did that show quite a bit. Um, he will <laughs> that's be not coming. How I with thought him. you were connecting that, but okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that's no, like, oh, God, no, God, stop, no, 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 stop, no, we're not going through. Never, no, not doing that. Sorry. Um, 
<laughs> oh, the tea. Uh, so Roger Bart is coming with it, but it also says that they are planning on making announcements in terms of casting coming up in September with tickets going on sale in October. And while the producers would not confirm, wink, wink, nod, nod, that the Winter Garden is the theater that they're going to be at, they did not confirm it. Um, so that's kind of what I've heard, too. So we'll see if that ends up happening uh, from there. And then finally, the last bit of news I did not catch this, although I do try to watch as many Sarah Bareilles uh, Instagram stories and lives as I possibly can. But what's on stage, which is the London sister site of uh, of Theater Mania, they claim that in a I think it was a story, uh, Sarah Bareilles kind of teased the fact that Waitress was filmed on Broadway, which I believe we talked about at the time uh, back in the fall at the Ethel Moore Theater. Uh, I don't know if this was in response to to maybe it getting released here sometime soon, but we have not heard an official confirmation of this other than the fact that Mm. everybody saw the cameras and knew that it was happening. So I don't know if this is uh, coming to a big screen or a small screen anytime soon. I think at the time, I suppose that it might be happening on Peacock, given um, her connection with Girls 5 Eva. So We'll see what happens, but I love Sarah Bareilles. I love Waitress. And to have her in that show preserved forever will be something that is magical. Wait, no. Did you not see this? This leaked like a couple days ago. She posted it on her Instagram story accidentally. Like it's in the background oh. of her TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why people are talking about it. It's oh, because I did, they did not make that yeah. clear in the in the story. Okay. So basically she was she was uh, looking at, I think, some like press photos or something of Into the Woods on her computer. And then you can see her TV screen is the end of Waitress Pro Shot that she's watching. Oh but God. she kind of, I mean, she was very transparent. She was just like, you know, like I, it wasn't supposed to be like an accidental leak i shouldn't even say that really but it was like it was more so like i'm watching it like it's happening like i think she was just kind of like wanting to be cheeky like get excited oh, about wow. it yeah so I it's, not, it's very much exists oh i wish i'd sent it to you yeah 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 <laughs> oh that's so good i mean because i very much watched all like five minutes of her unboxing her big um framed <gasps> that was thing. beautiful i know wasn't it of uh, little voice little voice uh, which is like i said so i mean 15 years is that's what it was it was 15 years since it was released she had this big album thing Double to commemorate all of, yeah all of those things so i watched all five minutes of that so i'm sorry i missed this one because that sounds amazing all right, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Uh, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, every social media platform at It's Grace Aki. And I've been told to subtly, continually, not so subtly plug that my solo show to Free a Mockingbird yes. is happening July 27th and 29th at the Connolly Theater through the She NYC Arts Program. They are so incredibly uh, amazing to, to foster a home for women and non binary and gender non-conforming playwrights performers you name it i only get two shows quote for now um but yeah just two shows but the 20 i just want more to happen with it that's not me looting anything i'm just saying like call me please um but the 27th we are having the the broadway radio talk back so if you are planning on coming and you listen to the show and you want to stay an extra like 20 some minutes um the show my show is not that long so i'm not going to take up your whole night it's going to be a lot of fun please 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 make plans to to be there because um i'll be so supportive and appreciative but um, that's happening at the end of the month. Yeah, and I will be there on the 29th. If you want to see the show with me, I will definitely be there. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.